Well, last week, uh, we were going to start a new series on uh, God's will revealed, and God revealed his will that he didn't want us to start it last week. Um, <laughs> he didn't want to start it. We just kind of just being led by his spirit, amen, and, and uh, many people got ministered to and, and touched, and I know uh, Olivia was one of those. Um, just the Lord just really touched her last week in, in some deliverance in her life, and, and uh Celebrate with her. I know that she's gone through things in, in uh, many different foster homes, but she's going to be adopted, so we're celebrating her with her with that. And just what God did in her life. And I know there's other people that God touched last week, and you know, God wants to do more of that. Um, I really believe that. There's times when we need the word, there's times when we need uh, just to move with his spirit, you know, and it's really the same thing. Uh, I, I kind of look at it this way, you know, the way the Lord has, has shown me. If, if we're in the Word all the time, we should be in the Word. We, we need the Word. But you need the Spirit of God to actually reveal the Word to you. You know, I, I met a gentleman one time, and I asked him if he read the Bible. He's like, oh, I read the Bible, Genesis, Revelations. I didn't find nothing in it. I was like, wow. Uh, you read it without the Holy Spirit. I mean, right? We need the Holy Spirit to bring revelation. And the word is like bread. You need bread. You need that sustenance. We live by every uh, word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But we also need drink, and the Spirit of God is the drink. And I don't know if you've known, if you ever went to someone's house and all you did was eat bread the whole time, boy, after a while, you get a little thirsty. You got to have something to drink. That's the way it is with God. There's just a marrying and a, a kind of a balance of it, having the word and the Spirit moving together. Amen? And we, and we want to be sensitive to what God is doing. But today I want to start this. I feel that it's okay to go ahead and, and start this new series um, called uh, God's, Will for, God's Will Revealed. And really just finding, you know, understanding God's will for your life. Too many people don't know God's will or they think it's some kind of a, such a mystery that it's like, how can I ever know God's will? I mean, but he wants you to know his will. He makes it so plain in Scripture, and, and today, my main thing that I want you to go away with today is that God does have a plan. There is a will of God for your life, and as we go through this series, we'll go more into kind of like, kind of like the general will and the specific will. There's, there's a general will that God has for every human being on the face of the earth, and we'll touch that. And then there's specifically things that he's designed just for you. There's something that he has for every one of us to walk in. And then there's certain things that he has designed just for you specifically, who you are, the vessel that he created you to be, where he called you to live, what he called you to do, how you're supposed to work with him, the gifts that he wants to pour in and through you. Amen. And we'll talk about that too. But let's just get started here. Um, one, of the, one of the scriptures is, uh, and you've probably heard this, especially if you've grown up in the church any length of time, especially back in maybe the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, the, the, the scripture in Corinthians, it said, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor neither has it even entered into the, the heart or the mind of man what God has prepared for them. And it's always been taught as if it's so mysterious, we just don't understand but if you read the next portion of that scripture, it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. There's things that 
We're living in a generation right now that there are greater things that those forefathers have gone before that they were looking to be able to walk in in the revelation that we're walking in right now. Can you say amen? There'll be things that the next generation that God will reveal to them They'll get all that, what's, what one person says is like a spiritual compound interest. They get all the revelations that we've got, and then God will continue to increase on those revelations for their generation. Amen? But it's not hidden. If, if it's hidden in any way, it's for us to find, right? God wants us to seek him. It says this in Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord's speaking, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Here's the first thing you need to get today is that God has plans for you. He has plans for you. He said these plans, are, they're not for destruction, but they're for welfare. They're for a blessing. They're for a future and a hope. That's the plans that I have. And when you look at that word plans, it don't just mean plans. It's really going into, yes, there's preparations, but it's a purpose. It's his thoughts. It's his will and even his desires. I know the thoughts I think towards you. I know the purposes I have for you. I know the plans. I know the desires that I have for you. And he created you and fashioned you to be able to fulfill those desires. Can you say amen? Well, then it says, Paul said in, in, in Philippians, he says that we're supposed to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. One translation says it this way, for God is working in you, giving you the desire or the will and the power to do what pleases him. We have to work out our own salvation. Sometimes we just, you know, as Christians, we can get lazy. Let's just be honest. We get, we get saved and we think there's nothing else we need to do. To get salvation, no, there's nothing else you need to do other than believe in Jesus. But you have to work out your salvation. You've got to walk it out. And walking that's something. Walking deals with your, you're getting to a place now where you're dealing with the, the, really your belief system and, and your, your conversations and, and your lifestyle. These things is where we're really, we're really working in the salvation that Jesus has already done and work it into the way that we're living. Not adding it to, but learning how to conform ourselves to his image Amen. by doing what pleases him and honors him. Amen. We've all been there. We've been the children of parents where they just wanted us to do what they wanted us to do, and we didn't want to do it. Come on. But as we were trained, we learned how to respect our parents a little more, right? Hopefully, if you're older now, hopefully you respect your parents because there's a blessing with it. Amen. So we, we learned how to walk in him. So God has a plan for our lives. Even Paul prayed about this. He says this in Colossians. I think this will be on the screen. Uh, Colossians 1, uh, verse 9 and 10. There's a little more of the prayer, but I'm just going to touch this. He says, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. And we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, of his desires, of his thoughts, of his plans, his purposes. And to give you spiritual wisdom. That's order and understanding. That's clarity. See, God wants you to have order and clarity for his will for your life because he has a plan and a purpose for you. Look at this. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. When you understand his will and you have that spiritual order and that spiritual clarity, that understanding of what to do, how to do it, when to do it, then 
The way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Who wants to grow? I want to grow in my walk with Jesus. Amen? If you didn't raise your hand, we'll help you later. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So God has plans for you, and he wants you to know them. He's not holding them back from you. But you know what? You know, in a, in a relationship, especially between a, a husband and a wife, there has to be expression. There's things. You know, God, he really does desire for you to express your affection to him. You know, if you're in that relationship, a husband and a wife, and if one person is only expressing their affection, one person is going to feel eventually unappreciated and unloved. And sometimes maybe even feel unwanted. The devil can bring all different kinds of things in there. But we need to appreciate one another. And God's saying, hey, I got plans for you. And he wants us to be able to acknowledge him. And I'm trying to learn how to do that more in my everyday life. Just stopping and acknowledging God. Lord, I just acknowledge you now. I know you're here with me. When I don't feel you're here, you're still here with me. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. Thank you, stop right. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife. Just acknowledging you're the one who brought her into my life. Just acknowledging him. Taking that time. Epaphras Uh, had a prayer in Colossians 4.12 that he, knowing that God uh, wanted to reveal his will to other people, he began to pray this over his his, uh, friends and family at the church in in Colossae, Colossae is how you say it. And he says, uh, he prayed that you would stand perfect and fully assured in God's will for your life. I pray that you would stand perfect and fully assured in God's will for your, that is a powerful prayer. Think about the people you could pray that over. Lord, I thank you that our president stands fully persuaded in all your will for his life. I thank you that way my wayward child stands fully persuaded in all your will for their lives. Amen. This is something you pray for yourself. Lord, help me. To stand fully persuaded in all your will for my life. I know. See, when you know that God has it there for you, it takes some weight off of you because it's not something that you're striving to get. He's already, he already gave it to you. He already wants you to have it, but you go to collect it. Correct? So here I am. It, it takes the weight off. What's your will? You're, you're so mysterious, God. No, he's not mysterious. Just come to me and I'll show you my will. Okay. Well, well thank you. All I got to do is show up, Lord, and you're going to begin to show me. And sometimes, you know, in our our fast-paced society, you know, we go in and we want God, God, you got five minutes to show me your will. (laughs) Give it to me, hot and ready. Well, sometimes it may happen that way. But you know what? God wants to see that you're really steadfast and he's checking some motives in your heart. Do you want what you want just so you can do what you want to do with what you want to do? Or do you want to find out his will so that you can bring honor and please him? Because there's no true satisfaction outside of doing what God desires for us. There's, there's, there can be things that satisfy, but they're limited for a moment just to this earth. But to know that you please God because you're walking in his plan for your life and even finding out that perfect plan for your life, now that is something to rejoice in. And that brings him honor. It's really worship is what it is. When you're seeking God for his will, you're showing another level of an act of worship to God because you're coming to him. Praise the Lord. So the next thing I want you to get here is this. 
First is, God has plans for you and he wants you to know them. So here we go. To know God's will, you have to seek his will. To know God's will, you, you, take your finger and go, you have to seek God's will. It's your responsibility to find out God's will for your life, not somebody else's. It's your responsibility. Other people will come along. God will put people in your path to kind of help you along the way. But it is your responsibility to find out God's will for your life. You have to seek it out. Jeremiah 29, 13, just two verses below the one, he says, I have plans for you. He says, you will seek me and find me when, there's a when in there, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. The Amplified Version says, when you search for me as a vital necessity with all of your heart. Let's just be honest with ourselves because it's how you get breakthrough. Sometimes we just don't seek God with all of our hearts. Come on, I'll put my hand up first. We get in there and we just don't want to put in the extra effort or put in the extra time, whatever it is that I need to sit there to be able to hear Papa's voice for what he says. Do we really want to do his will? I do. And sometimes, you know, there's things that you can just feel that wooing. God's calling us all right now. He's calling the whole body of Christ in the earth right now to come away into that secret place. Let me reveal things to you that you do not know, but you're crying out for. Let me show you things. Amen? Come on. I used to like, you know, no one ever taught me this. It's just an assumption that we have. You know, we, we make assumptions and assumptions keep us in bondage. When you assume, my mom taught me growing up, you know, when you assume you're, you're pretty much wrong all the time. When you assume, you're just wrong. Either, you know, just, if you're going to assume, you're, you're wrong. Well, I just assumed that because I was faithful to God, that I was reading my word, that, uh, you know, I would, uh, I would pray, I was serving in my church, you know, and just there, I, I just figured that somewhere along the line that God would tell my pastor or one of the other leaders in our church that he would just tell them what I was supposed to do and they would tell me and then I would do it. Yes, it sounds like a great plan. You know what? It never happened. I always had opportunities. Pastor would come to me, hey, would you start a Bible study? Yes, pastor. I'll do it. Boom. Hey, you want to lead the praise and worship team? Yes, pastor. I'll do it. You want to be the youth pastor? Yes, pastor. I'll do it. Whatever. But it wasn't, I mean, part of those things were training, but I never sought God's will for my life. I figured this assumption that somebody else would tell me what that is. And you know what it led to? It led to disappointment. God didn't disappoint me and God don't disappoint you, but that doesn't mean you won't be disappointed. It led to disappointment and discontentment because I knew that there was more. I just didn't know where to, to go to to get it. And I miss it the whole time because it wasn't just going to my leaders and they could have said here and there, I had to go to the source himself. Papa God Almighty, God, what is your will for my life? What do you have for me? It was my responsibility. And when I began to see that it was my responsibility and nothing was gonna happen unless I stepped out on the search to seek after him and his plans for my life it wasn't going to happen. I began to get more serious about it and to seek him out. And then awesome things began to happen. God's will, you wonder like, okay, we want God's will. God's will is found in his word. 
God's word reveals and confirms his will. If you want to find out God's will for your life, now there will be specifics, he'll still confirm it through, through his word. Even when it gets the gen, you'll get the general will just by reading God's word, you'll begin to see his character and his nature and what he desires for all mankind who he created. You'll see the lifestyle that he wants you to live and, and, and the tools and the resources that he has made available to you through Jesus Christ, his son. Can you say amen? And even specific things, you know, uh, you know, when we moved here, here we're celebrating uh, 10 year, our 10-year anniversary of Spirit Life Church, you know, so 10 years ago, we were already here for two, for two weeks. Last week was the weekend that we, no, not, yeah, last weekend was two weeks ago, my bad. Two weeks ago was the last weekend that we actually moved here from Florida. And God gave us a specific word. There was things that he was speaking to us and you know, we knew his general will in, in, in many areas. So in order to get the specific will, you've got to understand the general will. Got to be walking in the general things that he wants us. Supposed to love, you know, love people. I can't, if I'm not going to walk in a love walk, I'm going to have a hard time hearing what God wants me to do specifically. What do you want? <laughs> right? Always irritated, agitated, and any kind of tated. So God gave specific for me and Natasha you know, I, I was getting to the place where I, I knew things and I was still a little bit frustrated and I was, I, we spent a lot of more time in prayer. You know, when you're wanting to finding out God's will, you got to spend a little more time listening, right? Worshiping, listening, getting in there, getting into his word, just letting him speak to you, let the Holy Spirit highlight things. And we knew that we were called to go to either start a church or to, to take over a church. And it was just... We didn't know, you know, what's going on, Lord? I, I, I described it to my wife this way. I was like, I feel like we're all ready, you know, that everything's packed. The house is all closed up, everything. We're packed. We're in the car, in the driveway. The car's loaded down, but there's no road. We just don't know where to go. We're in the car. We're frustrated. And I felt this. The Lord gave me peace at that moment. He said, you just be still and just wait for the go. That's what he said in my spirit. Just wait for the go, and then you'll know. I'm like, okay. Praise the Lord, I got a fresh rhema. I just got to wait for the go. And I shared it with my wife. The very next day, she was, and that's while I was reading, I, was, I don't even, I was reading the book of Acts, but I don't remember, the, it was, wasn't like, you know, sometimes you read the word, it's not necessarily like a word that you're reading, but while you're reading, while you're in his presence, he's speaking things to you. Come on. And so that's what he told me. And then it's like the next day, Tasha came to me. She goes, I got a word from the Lord. It is stirring in my spirit. I'm like, what is it, honey? Come on, share it. And she began to read the scripture from uh, Chronicles where, where Saint, or Solomon was building the temple. And God had, or David was speaking to him and said, son, um, you know, God has called you to build a temple for his glory. And he will not leave you until he finishes the work that he has in you. So be courageous and act. And when she said act, my spirit went, go. I was like, whoa. I mean, within the, within the month then, we knew we were to come here and to start a church from scratch. So God's will is found in his word, his general will, and his specific will. You've got to get into the word. If you're trying to live a Christian life without the word of God, I'll, there's, Christ is, is, is far from that lifestyle. It's got to be, you've got to be in the word to be able to understand how to live for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Is this okay this morning? I don't want it to be like real heavy, but I want you to get some revy. Amen. I want you, I want you to walk out. I want you to know that God has a specific plan for your life and that, and that you can walk in this. It's not just coming in the church. We're not a social club. 
This, this, is an, this is a time of empowerment when we come together so that you can go out, and we gather together outside of here too, but you can go home with a plan and a purpose that God has for you and fulfill it. Then you'll be satisfied. And I know you want to be satisfied because God put that desire in you to be satisfied. He put the desire in you to even seek him out. It says, I mean, you can't get through life without finding things in Scripture. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has put eternity in the hearts of all human beings, without which none of us would ever seek him out. And he did it because there's just that longing for more that nothing in this world will ever satisfy and he draws on that. He'll just pull on that piece of eternity, really a piece of himself. God has given to each person a measure of faith. What he's done is God has given to each person a measure of himself so that he could draw upon that and draw us to him. Can you say amen? So if you want to know God's will, you have to seek his will. Number two, to know God's will, you need to believe and receive his word. It's his will and it's his word. You need, I mean, see what happens is when you read the Bible and something pops out to you, that's called rhema. That's when God is breathing on a specific portion of scripture to you that's relating to your life and what you're walking through that has bits of peace to it and, and, and joy and, and assurance. And he's just there to help you through your everyday life. But you have got to believe and receive that word. You've got to take it in. Say, oh, it's not just for Jimmy down the road. No, it's for me. This is for me. You're highlighting this for me, God. And then you need to take and write that thing down on an index card or something, and you just begin to look at that because that's God's word to you. Let, him, let it get in you. Maybe he's trying to get something in you. Maybe he's trying to get something out of you. Sometimes it's all at the same time. It's coming in and it's going out. That's why people are like in the spirit. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> it's like someone, hey, in and out, in and out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, I'll be honest with you. You know, I grew up in the charismatic church, you know, stuff going on. There's things that I just didn't understand, but I was just always, it wasn't, I could see people doing things that I thought was fake. And if it was, that's between them and the Lord. And sometimes even talking after, maybe they did it for show. I don't know. But I, I was attracted to the presence of God. And I just said, Lord, whatever, whatever you got, I, I just want the real you. That's all I want. And if I have to do this or do that, whatever, I just want you, Lord. I want more of you. Can you say amen? So to know God's will, you got to seek his will. To know God's will, you got to believe it. You got to believe and receive his word. Here's a couple scriptures for that. Ephesians 5, 15 and 17. Therefore, be careful how you walk. There's that walk again. Be careful how you walk. This walk is just not walking down the road. This walk is be careful of your conversation in life. Be careful of the words coming out of your mouth. Be careful of your lifestyle. Be careful of those you're hanging out with. Yes, we are, we are not of this world, but we are in the world. Yes, it's okay to have you know friends that don't know the Lord. We should have friends that don't know the Lord so we can be an example to them. If all we have and all we're hanging out with is with people who know the Lord, then what what are we doing? How are we winning the loss? It's good to encourage one another. But we're not being influenced by the world. Can you say amen? Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. So you can walk unwisely and you can walk wisely. 
making the most of your time because the days are evil. There's a limited time that we have in this space that we call time in the earth right now. God doesn't live in, a, in, a, in time. He, he is an eternal being that lives outside of time. Time is a creative source that God put in place. That we have, and we have limited time. David said it's like a breath. I mean, when you look back, I look back now, I'm 48 years old. I look back, and it seems like a big breath. It just happened 48 years ago. Are you kidding me? What is going on? I may only have one breath left. Go another 48 years. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Amen. It goes so quick. But it's limited, and we want to walk as wise. You know, thank God for his so, such tender mercy. That, I, that now I can say that I've lived longer for the Lord seeking him than I had before I knew the Lord. I've been seeking you, Lord, longer than I had when I was running away from you. didn't care anything about you. We want to be impactful to those around us and to touch the generations to come. And we're their resource to help them in the next generation. Can you say amen? So he says, be careful how you walk, not as, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, when we're not understanding what God's will is, and it's already there for us, we got to seek it out, we can walk foolishly. You know, another thing, about, I look at this and I see that. It says, don't be foolish. The Bible also says in the Psalms that, it's the fool who says in their heart that there is no God. We act foolishly when we specifically as believers believe that God don't have a specific will for our lives. We're walking foolishly. It's really, uh, if we want to get into the terminology of it as Christians, it's unbelief. We'll never be able to walk out God's plan and purpose for our lives if we're walking in unbelief. I have to first believe that he does have a will for me. And there's a specific will attached to it. He goes on into uh, Romans. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Having going from a, you know, conforming to the, just the, just the patterns and the, and the behaviors that the, the way this world thinks into that, that spiritual insight that he has because he comes to live on the inside of us by his Holy Spirit. When we do something that is so foolish to the world as saying, I believe that Jesus is God, that he came in the flesh and he died for the sins of all mankind. It don't even make sense to the natural mind. It's foolishness to the natural mind. But by putting my faith in it and believing it, you become one with God. The Bible says whenever you come to the Lord, you know, you join yourself with the Lord, you're one spirit with him. What happens whenever you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? His spirit comes to live on the inside of you. We, we, were, born to, we were born having a dead spirit because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden so many years ago that we had nothing to do with, but we're still a part of. But God made a way through Jesus. All I have to do is just come to him, believe. I believe. I know it sounds foolish. My mind don't even wrap around all of it. When I got saved, I didn't understand it at all. All I understood was I didn't know how to live life anymore by myself. I was messing things up, and I just said, God, come into my life. I can't do it on my own. And he did. And then I began to see things differently. He gave me a new way of thinking and a new way of seeing. I remember one person that... Uh, the Lord gave me the privilege to, to, to lead to him. And, and out of his own mouth, he's like, it's like I got new eyes and new ears. 
It's like, I hear things I didn't hear. It's like, even my, the music I was listening to, I didn't know it said that in there. I don't want to listen to that no more. Or I got new eyes. I, I didn't see that before. Why? Because God comes to live on the inside. It's that spirit man being made alive with him. It's what happens. He'll give us this new way of thinking. The renewing of your mind, one translation says. It says, as you do this, as we're not being conformed to the world and we're letting God transform us into a new person by the, changing the way we think, then you will learn to know God's will for you. So you come to him, you're believing, and as you're receiving what you believe, it's transforming you. And as you're being transformed, then you're, you're able to learn how to, uh, and to know what God's will is for you. And some translations said, I heard it, I've heard this preached this way too, you know, that you will know God's will, the good and the acceptable and the perfect, like it's broken up, like God has a good will and there's an acceptable will that you can be in. And then here's his perfect will. No, God's way, he's not schizophrenic. It's not broken up. Well, I'm just, I want to walk in the good will of the Lord. I'm okay to stay in the acceptable will. As long as I'm in there, right? No. If you look at it in the original, it is, you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. His will is good and pleasing and perfect. When we come to him, can you say amen? amen. He, we, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Bible says in Isaiah, you know, he says, my ways are way higher than your ways. And my thoughts are way higher than your thoughts. You will never be able to understand God's thoughts and God's ways without God revealing it to you. And, and Paul went on to say, you know, it's like, how, how can we understand, you know, the, you know God's spirit? He, he reveals it to us by his spirit. We have the mind of Christ. He helps us. He teaches us. Can you say amen? So here we are to know God's will. You've got to seek it. You've got to, uh, you've got to seek uh, his will. You've got to believe and receive his word. And lastly, to know God's will, you have to trust his way. You have to trust his way. And God will take you down roads that just don't look like that's the place I want to be. I don't want to go that way. That's why it's so important to become acquainted with him. Because when you get to the place that you're saying, like, Lord, I want to follow you, and I want to do your will, and I want it so much that I want it, I know that that's, that's going to be hard to do that, but I would rather do that and be with you than to stay here and not be with you. I want to be where you're at. You've got to be a lover of his presence. You've got to be a lover of his truth and follow after him. To know his will, you have to trust his way. Proverbs 16.3 says this, roll your works, there's kind of that works goes in with your ways, your works, the things that you're doing, your lifestyle, roll it all upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him, and he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. Oh, that's, that is pretty good. I think Gail needs to hear it. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't mean to point you out, make you feel weird there. Need to hear it again. I want to hear it again. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit the tr and trust them wholly to him, 
And he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. We've already established that his will, he'll cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, his thoughts, his desires, his plans, his purposes for you. Are you getting this this morning? Is anybody excited about this? I mean, there is a wealth house of revelation just for you, what God has just for you. That's exciting. You have to trust his way. And sometimes he'll lead us places we don't want to go. Jesus, our, our example, the perfect example of the Father to us, there was ways that he didn't want to go. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane knowing that he was going to have to be brutalized, I mean, tortured. He knew exactly what the scripture said. And, you know, there were, there were times whenever at the, uh, whatever it was, weeks or months before at the Mount of Transfiguration, whenever um, uh, Eli, Elijah and, um, and Moses came and began to talk to him, the Bible says that, that they began to talk to him about the crucifixion that was about to take place, his suffering. So he knew what he was going to have to walk through. And there he was in the garden crying, the Bible says, like sweat drops of blood. Father, if there's another way, please, let's do that. Let's do that. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do it, but he wanted to please the Father. And he said, but not what I want. Whatever you want. And you know he struggled because he, he said the prayer three different times. He walked away. Did you ever go to a prayer and you come into prayer and you're struggling with something and, and you're there, but then you, you walk out and it's like, I'm, I'm just not done with this. It's not settled in my heart yet. And you go back in. Jesus went back to the Father and he's like, God, if there is another way. I mean, this is pretty tough. If there's another way, show it now, Father. We'll do that. I'm all in. But not what I want, what you want. The scripture says, he cried out and said, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. The Passion Translation says, no matter what, your will must be done. And I think we need to get to that place in our own lives. We need to ask that and just really come to that place. You want no matter what, his will needs to be done and not mine. Can you say Amen. He went on even to say, you know, my food, telling his disciples, my food or my meat, my sustenance, the, my source is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. He had his work and we have our work. And our food is to do the will of the Father, not our will, but his will. Jesus even taught his disciples and through teaching them, he's teaching us that you went in the prayer, the Lord's prayer, you're asking, he said, Father, you know, or who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life. I want to leave you with this one scripture. It's in Psalms 32. The Lord used this scripture many times to help direct me. And in times whenever I needed direction and I didn't know where to go, I didn't know specifically what his will was, that I had to trust that he would lead me and show me when I needed it. So sometimes we want to see things way in advance and he just wants us to give us the next step. Can you say Amen. And he won't show us anymore if we, don't show, if we don't take the step he's already given us to take. This is in Psalms 32, 8 and 9. It says this. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing you and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way 
and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've never been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. See, if God don't want to drag us there, but there are times, because of his mercy, there are times that he's dragged us from one spot to another. I'm sure as a child, there's been a couple times I've had to drag my little ones when I needed them to do something and get them over here, not ripping their arms out of the socket, but just, no, you need to come. Because he knows what's best. And he'll intervene at times like that. But it's much better for the relationship if we're willing to go along. Because I don't learn anything by being dragged somewhere. And there are times when God will drag you. You need to be over here. I don't want to go. Right? Lord. Such a meanie. And he'll drag us. But then when we come to our senses, when we get to that place where we're listening and he changes the way that we think. We just say, God, my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have listened. And then we learn from our experiences. The next time it's more of a difficult, it becomes less difficult because we know, Lord, you know what you're doing. I'm going to trust you. I read a, a scripture um, this week that ministered to me in Proverbs. It says that, you know, that the Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? I don't know about you, I do that sometimes. I want to understand everything. It's like, let me just get every little detail. No, you don't need, God's directing your steps. Don't try to figure everything out along the way. Just follow. Just let him lead you. And he's going to lead you into his perfect will. Can you say amen? One last story and we'll close. Before we moved here, it was just... Uh, a couple weeks before we moved here, and like I said, Natasha and I were spending more time in prayer, and God was speaking to us in some miraculous ways, you know, and he'll do that for a season, in times of seasons to get you places. We were having dreams. Sometimes I would wake up having a dream, I, and I don't dream much. I mean, I would, it seemed like I was dreaming every night. I have journals full of dreams that God was giving us before we came here, and I would wake up. Sometimes I would tell Natasha the dream, and she would like finish the sentence or what I saw in my dream. She saw because she had the same dream. I don't know. This is pretty awesome how God works. And uh, there were some still some things that I was just trying to understand a little bit more along the way. You know, moving across the whole country, and, and your kids and everything, and leaving everything that you know behind, and, and the big church family that you've come to know, and start from scratch. That's kind of scary. And uh, I remember praying, and I, I was out reading a book in our living room, and I heard Natasha praying in the bedroom, and I just felt prompted that I needed to go in and pray with her. So I put my book down, and I went in, and I just sat beside her, and I just began to pray in the Spirit, which is praying in tongues, if you're not familiar with that. It's in the Scripture. It's biblical. And I just began to pray, and I heard this in my spirit. The Lord said, let go. <laughs> and I began, have you ever done this? I began a debate with the Lord. Okay, sure. What do I need to let go of? Just let go. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm willing to let go. What do I need to let go of? You know, we're always looking for it. Just show me. Show me. Always show me. Give, me. give me something more. I just need you to let go. And as I began to pray, I saw this image in my mind of me hanging. It was like a, it looked like what almost looked like a bottomless pit. It was, I couldn't see up. I couldn't see anything but just a black hole. And I'm somewhere in the middle of this hole and I'm hanging onto a bar. And you know, if you ever hang, hung onto a bar for a long time, you're all, everything just begins to get sore, just hanging. And I'm just hanging there, 
but my pride or whatever was not letting go. I mean, my fingers were like very prideful. And I'm hanging on both hands. I was like, and the Lord's like, just let go. And I was like, let go of what? I'm willing to let go, but I can't hang on too much longer. You know, and, and it's not that you can just fall off. You've got to let go. Falling off doesn't count. Can I say it again? Falling off does not count. I can't take it anymore. That doesn't take you to the next level. Let go. I've got to let go. And I looked down in the hole, you know, and I, as far as I could see, it's just dark. I'm like, where, what, what's down there? You know, all these things going through your mind. Just let go. And I realized that I was in a place of my life, too, that God was leading us, and I wanted his will. I needed to obey, even if I didn't understand. So I said, Lord, I let go, and I just let you happen. And I just saw myself just leaving go, and I just began to fall. And I, I felt like a breakthrough in my life at that moment. And there were some details that we needed that I just, maybe God didn't want us to have those details. I thought that we needed at that moment. Sometimes we think we need something that we don't need. We're just, we just want it. And I saw myself in this image that I had in my mind as the Lord was showing me there in prayer. I saw myself falling, and I landed at the bottom of this pit safely. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and I remember seeing like this little, this little cutout kind of like down and I could see light down there. It was, it was like I was going to have to like get down and crawl to get out. But I remember getting down and like looking out what I could see and I just saw the sun. It was blue skies and just fields and meadows of flowers. And I'm like, well, something would be good here. And I began to do it. But I got a breakthrough that day because I just chose to let go. When God said, hey, come, come to me. Well, what all do you want to show me? Just, just, just come, just be in my presence. Just really what God is saying is just be open. Don't make me drag you. You're not going to learn a lesson by being dragged. You're, you're not going to learn a lesson just by, by giving up. You've got to come to me. You've got to trust me and just let go. You've got to seek my will. You've got to believe and receive my word. And you've got to let me do it my way and not your way. Can you say amen? Would you stand up this morning?